On episode 86 of DevTalk, I speak to Dan Siegel about PRISM. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop, and today's guest is Dan Siegel. Dan is a cloud and mobile consultant. He's also a Microsoft MVP, and you might know him from popular open source projects like PRISM, Mobile Build Tools, and Uno. So hello, Dan. Nice to have you on the show. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It's been overdue. You do so much, and uh, I I didn't even realize that you were working on Uno, so um, you're everywhere right now. I am everywhere, yeah. Um, it, it's been kind of fun, uh, probably the last six months or so, working with uh, the Uno team, and uh, they've got some exciting stuff kind of coming down the, the pipeline. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, exciting. We've had shows on, on Uno, so I, I will link to those in the show notes mm-hmm. if anyone's interested. But I'm sure there's a lot of new stuff already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but today I maybe it's, I'm, I'm being a little bit selfish. I'm at a point in a pr- project early on mm-hmm. where we are deciding whether we do .NET MAUI just plain or if we get some help in for in the form of like an MVVM library mm-hmm. framework and. Prism is on that list, and I must admit I've never worked on it in the mobile space. This has been around for a long time. Can can you maybe go back to to where the Prism project came from? Uh, well, originally uh, back in the day, Prism came from the Microsoft Patterns and Practices team, which is no longer a thing uh, as far as yeah. I know. But uh, they decided to open source it. Uh, I think it was back in about 2015. And that uh, went to uh, Brian Lagunas and uh, Brian Noyes. And he kind of stepped away, but Brian Lagunas, uh, you know, kind of kept kept everything alive right. uh, and, hit, and had done some of the early work to bring a prism flavor to the Xamarin Forms world. You know, I, I was one of the people that kind of sat there and watched his demo uh, with Xamarin University back in the day. Oh, <laughs> the days, yeah. I Back still have day. a cup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I saw what he was doing with it, and I really liked it. Um, I had been very, very frustrated. I loved what Xamarin Forms had to offer, but what I didn't like was the patterns to build code. Like, it just felt very dirty to me. You know, I, I just I knew there had to be something better, and, and Prism just took so much of the complexity away from you know what you had to try to figure out and how to get this page to open and how to navigate and you know it it was fantastic so i I really kind of became attracted to the project and started contributing uh very Mm -hmm. heavily to it and at some point brian just says hey you know you contribute so much why don't you uh you know take over as as the lead uh on it and i you know ended up doing that (laughs) so (laughs) it's been it's been quite the ride so fast forwarding a, a little bit, like we've had a lot of uh, improvements to Prism over the years and a lot of things that we've kind of uh, learned from. Uh, but uh, Maui kind of gave us a opportunity that we could make some changes that would be breaking uh, and people may not really like in their existing, uh, say, WPF app or their Xamarin Forms app. Uh, okay. But really with, with Maui, you're already kind of broken. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's it's a great opportunity that we were able to change some things around that weren't necessarily the greatest. But one of the things that just bothered me for the longest time 
was as great as the view model locator was, you could only really map a view to one view model. And one of the very subtle things that we actually changed in Prism for Maui uh, was that you can actually now have multiple mappings. Uh, so this could be okay. uh, very useful in, say, like an error page uh, where, you know, especially for like larger applications like enterprises that may have multiple developers on multiple teams all working on the same application, you know, and I've, I've seen this in those sorts of situations where they want one page to be displayed, but each team kind of needs to provide a view model. And so you can kind of do that thing now where uh, you can register, you know, a view model with a, an existing view and just on a different route. So it's kind okay. of a neat, neat little thing that you, you can do that you just could not do before. Yeah. You know, we've kind of improved uh, some of the automatic uh, view model resolution and the deep linking. So you can do really, really crazy UIs completely from a URI where you build out like a tab page. Uh, so you literally take like a, a Maui tab page mm-hmm. you can create like a navigation page with a deep link of, you know, multiple views on that navigation page as a single tab in the tab page. And it's all done at runtime. So you don't have to sit there through XAML and try to create and, you know, inject all the pages or do anything like that. So it, it's just, it's really, like I said, it's just, it's taken everything that we've learned over the years and just turned it up to, to 10. Okay. It's really exciting. Yeah. Well, maybe let's, let's take a step back. Um, so, mm-hmm. okay. You, we came from Xamarin Forms. Mm-hmm. Um, Xamarin Forms, I think that's when, when Prism got on board, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. in, in the pre-Forms days it, that there's no Prism for like what used to be Xamarin native. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's .NET MAUI, and there's a lot of, well, if, if you look at what's, what MAUI is, there's a lot of stuff already in the box, but still people feel the need to maybe make it easier to, to do repetitive tasks or to mm-hmm. better structure their code. And f- from my understanding, at least on the, des- in the desktop world, it was Prism was this like, like enterprise-y thing. Right, mm-hmm. you you want decoupled code? Maybe at runtime, it finally it figures out what modules are available, and then it just presents a user interface to you. Is that the route that's taken on mobile too, or the, the the target audience maybe also? The way I look at it is, it's it's easy to build your app whether you're trying to do a really complex enterprise uh, scenario where. You know, we still have the Prism modules. We uh, have region support in Prism Maui, just like uh, we had in WPF. Mm-hmm. So all of that is there for those really, really complex enterprise scenarios. But it also just takes trying to figure out how to build your app, and it just simplifies it. Uh, you don't have to understand uh, some of the idiosyncrasies around the shell. Okay. The, you know, I mean... It, like shell is going in a better direction in some regards, but you know, I also look at it from the standpoint of a consultant where I'm trying to help people build good apps uh, and something that they can maintain. And there are just so many bugs around shell and the team isn't investing in it right now. You know, they want people to use it. They've definitely done some things that, that try to get people down that route. But the, the problem is they're just they don't have the developer resources on the team right now to spend the time making shell what it is supposed to be. Okay. 
So, you know, I've, I've just, I've run into too many situations where like Shell, for example, companies have, have gone down that route and then they have to rebuild the entire app, you know, because it just, it didn't work for them. Mm -hmm. And then, then replace it with their own implementation. They have to replace it with their own implementation or, okay. you know, with something like Prism. Um, Prism is, is really great because it's taking what's tried and true with the navigation that's been around literally since Xamarin Form is 1.0 and um, mm -hmm. that's been improved uh, since 1.0 as well. But it's using all those, those navigation paradigms and making it very simple. So uh, you can create dynamic routes. You don't have to try to figure out somehow in XAML how to, to create these routes. You know, it, it's just literally if you have, you know, two pages, view A and view B, uh, they get registered as view A and view B and how you order them in the URL is going to determine, you know, what gets pushed where. So okay, it just, it makes it very simple whether you're trying to get started, you're, you're new to it, uh, or you're trying to do something very complex. Um, you know, I, I find that there's probably less code in a Xamarin Forms app than there is in a lot of these larger apps, or, or I should say non-Xamarin or non-PRISM apps. Okay. Yeah. So, so you mentioned some of the some of the areas, um, like regions, or or, or is do you have a, a a favorite feature in Prism that that you want to call out? Yeah, I mean there there really there are so many uh, <laughs> great things in there. Um, I mean regions are 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 really great for a variety of of uses. Uh, you know, I, I've seen them for. Uh, people that, you know, maybe they have like a homepage and uh, depending on the user that's logged in, uh, you know, they might have, you know, uh, a different home screen experience, right? So mm -hmm. uh, it, it could be something where, uh, I mean, let's just think of like... Could, could you explain what regions are yeah. for those who haven't used it? Yeah, so, it's, it's oh, not the thing in the C sharp file that people don't like. It's using, not right? the thing in the C sharp file. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's a little bit different. So you could think of it as a a view inside of your page, okay. uh, or it could even be a view inside of another view uh, that gets named uh, as a region, mm -hmm. and then you have access to navigate within that view. Okay. It could be something where you have like a content view, for example, uh, mm -hmm. and you're just dynamically swapping out the content in that content view. Uh, it could be, you know, like a, a stack layout uh, where, uh, you know, you want to maybe add multiple children to it. Could, okay. You can do that with regions as well, mm -hmm. or like a swipe view. Uh, so maybe you have like an onboarding experience and until they get to a, the point where they're they're able to go to the next view, you don't even load it into the swipe view. Mm -hmm. So you could control it kind of like that. Um, you know, there are just there are so many like people really kind of blow my mind sometimes on the, the how they use it. But you know, like I was gonna say is, you know, let's say that you have, um, you know, if you have like a cell phone company like AT and T, right? Like you might have your cell phone, mm -hmm. you might have internet. You might have some other service from them. Uh, so if I'm a customer of AT&T and I log in to AT&T's app and, and they've built it with regions, uh, you know, they could dynamically populate that uh, homepage for each of the services that I have. 
uh, or maybe each of the phone lines that I have. Um, you know, so you have right. one one kind of view that has a view model um, that summarizes you know one phone line that I have on my account, and mm -hmm. then that's going to just be reused, and they can they can build that out uh, without a list view. I mean, you know, the people could go, oh yeah, you just use a list view. Uh, but sometimes you might need a little bit more control uh, over over that than uh, something like a list view. So uh, lots of different things that you could do with it, though. Okay. So people are using it from, from really small apps to mm -hmm. really large enterprise apps. Oh, yeah. And and I, I, your downloads are crazy, right? You, you, the I've, lost gets... <laughs> I've lost track. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's, <laughs> it's uh, I've got to look that up. <laughs> Yeah, I was really surprised at that a lot of people, it, there must be something missing that people are looking to find in, in your project. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just look. Prism Core, 13.7 million. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> of course, that's not 13.7 million people because uh, that's, I mean, yeah. lots of chances to download that in your build pipeline or whatever. But sure. that's... That's impressive. I mean, you can compare it to other packages, and and yeah. that's yeah, it's really popular. Yep, yep. It it, it gets used in a lot of places um, and by yeah. a lot of different companies. Um, you know, I, I know that you know Prism has had banking software that's using it, mm -hmm. emergency services, hospitals. I mean, just you know, any sector that you can think of. Uh, there is probably a company using Prism in some of their software somewhere. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, and while looking at the the possible alternatives uh, for or possible helpers to help us uh, maybe get a more clean MVVM uh, experience or developer mm -hmm. experience in our application, we we looked at other options, and one was called MVVM Toolkit by mm -hmm. Microsoft, not to be confused with the MAUI Toolkit, or or I think it's Community MVVM Toolkit or something like yeah. that. Um, and there's also a MAUI Community Toolkit, which is like little helpers. But this is this is around the MVVM. And I was wondering, or do you know enough about it to tell me if it, if it's, if it does the same or if you can actually use both together? So the interesting thing about the community toolkit is the MVVM, right? Yeah, the, the MVVM community yeah. toolkit is it, it, it's so agnostic. It's almost useless. So, okay. uh, which is not to say that you can't use it or that there aren't useful things in there. Uh, there certainly are depending on what you uh, want. A lot of it is taking bits and pieces from MVVM Lite, you know, back in the day, yeah. And and kind of moving it forward and in, into a new library. Um, like I, I know their their command is is from MVVM Lite, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. um, but it it doesn't know anything about the platform. You know, in order to really be successful, you need something that understands the platform that you are developing around. Right the framework that you're developing around. Right. So if I'm developing a WPF app, I need an MVVM uh, library that understands the ins and outs of how to work with WPF. Mm -hmm. If I'm building a Xamarin, or a Xamarin Forms app, same thing. Or a Maui app, I still I need one that understands Maui. And they've gone so 
agnostic, uh, platform agnostic, uh, that it doesn't know any of that. Right. So yeah. if you're just looking for something that gives you a base class that you can inherit from for iNotify property changed, and maybe you want a command, maybe a, a couple of other small helpers that are in there, then yeah, it, it's fine. But you're going to need something more than that to really build an app. Yeah, th- th- that was it. Maui is not in that name, I, I realized later. Um, so it, it just means it you can use it to to build your own MVVM framework or anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's it's also really small compared to Prism. Uh, so the the feature set is 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 tiny. I would say. Yeah. I mean, the the last time I looked at it, I mean, it was pretty much a couple of commands, a base class uh, for your view model, and I think that was pretty much it. I like that the source generators I saw. So you, yeah, there used to be like the solution using Fody mm-hmm. back in the day that it generated code as part of your build, like this this tedious uh, notify property change code. Yeah. And now the experience is you uh, you just write a private int yeah. my variable, yeah. then you mm-hmm. decorate it with yeah. observable property. Mm-hmm. And that will automatically generate a, yeah. a property that implements I know the property change, but it also it's available as soon as you type that last character. You don't mm-hmm. have to compile anything, so that, yeah. that's kind of neat, neat new feature in the .NET framework. See, I, I mean, I get why people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I and maybe I'm just old school. I don't like new things sometimes, but I actually I kind of prefer the Fody approach. Okay. It's definitely, as a maintainer, <laughs> uh, it's much more difficult uh, when you're talking about IL weaving, uh, which is what uh, Fody is doing. Yeah. But um, the approach for me, I, I think it reads much better because when you're writing the code, your intent about what you're doing is very clear. Mm-hmm. So I'm, my intent is that I have a public property with a getter and a setter, and there's an implementation detail that it needs to be observable. Yeah. And so that comes across very well with something like Fody, uh, where I'm writing a public property with a getter and a setter, mm-hmm. and I decorate it with a uh, an attribute, you know, to say that it, it's observable. With the new Roslyn generation, because of its limitations that it can't manipulate anything about what you've written, they force you to write the private backing field instead, yeah. which I, I get, like I understand why they do that, but from reading the code, it becomes a little bit more obscure in my opinion, uh, just because your intent has nothing to do with a, a private field. Um, that's not what your code actually requires. That That's just part of the implementation detail around it. So not a huge fan of that, uh, but I get okay. it, and, you know. Uh, and I definitely I prefer code gen over no code gen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but written yeah, that too I, many times, right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just I, I I like from an implementation like I still I'm I'm the guy that I'm going to use Fody for for that for the I notify property change because mm-hmm. I want I want people to see that the code is supposed to expose a public property and not yep. be con- not be confused by this private backing field and then you know inevitably you're going to get some junior dev 
on your team that tries to set the private field and then they don't understand why nothing updated in the UI. You yeah. know, it, so that's right. It, you know, it, it, when you're using Fody, it, it's just, it's not even there for you to try to do by accident. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So if anybody wants to get started with Prism, where would you, where would you lead them? How is the, uh, I, I saw that you have extensive documentation. I, I wasn't sure where to start when I looked at it, actually. Yeah. Oh, bless you. I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone tell me I have extensive documentation. It's usually you don't have enough documentation. Okay. <laughs> um, so we do try to put all the documentation in one place. Uh, so if you go to prismlibrary.com, uh, you can find all the documentation there for for everything. Mm -hmm. Certainly it's not perfect. It is open source though. So uh, if there's <laughs> something that you figure out and uh, you think could be clear, I would love to take that PR. Mm -hmm. So uh, definitely uh, please do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, you know, we do have uh, sample apps in uh, the Prism uh, repo. There are some Samples, they're, they're not well-maintained. It's a lot for Brian and I to do. Um, but, you know, there are samples to kind of help people get started with uh, a very basic understanding of a certain feature, right? So they're all kind of numbered um, and labeled uh, when you go on GitHub, um, whether it's for Xamarin Forms or WPF. Uh, the concepts translate over. So if you're building an Uno app with Prism, you know, go check out the WPF samples. It, it's going to translate over. Uh, mm -hmm. Because the two APIs are are basically identical. Okay, cool. You know, I, I think and Jerome did a fantastic job on that PR, by the way. Just kind of going through and taking the existing WPF code base mm -hmm. and um, kind of updating it so that way, you know, we just change the namespaces uh, from WPF to you know uh, UWP and and now WinUI, so that way you can kind of bridge that that gap. And then, of course, if you're dealing with Maui, for the most part, it's going to be very similar to the Xamarin Forum samples as far as the most of the APIs. Yeah. And then you can always look at the sample app that's actually like in the Prism Maui repo uh, for a little bit more uh, complex. Like here's kind of everything put together. Um, so that, that's where I would point people anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So what's on your roadmap? What, what are you still looking to do? Um, so on my roadmap, uh, I really need to get around to .NET 7 support for Prism Maui. Yeah. I need to see what they broke and what, what they fixed. There has been some very irritating issues uh, in Maui with changing the main page of a window. Um, so this is okay. kind of a, a subtle thing that... Uh, a .NET 7 thing? Uh, actually, it's .NET 6, believe it or not. Okay, uh, it's yeah. been around, and I don't think that they've entirely fixed it in .NET 7 yet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in, in in Maui, they introduced this concept of a window uh, that kind of sits in between the application and your actual pages. Yeah. yeah and they, they kept, they should have just broken everyone, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, they kept the main page property on your app, but there is actually a window that sits in between. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now when you change the main page on the window, uh, everything in code works, but the UI does not necessarily refresh. Um, so that that is something that we have put some hacks in there to kind of close the window and open a new window if you're doing absolute navigation. 
uh, definitely not the experience that we'd like long term, um, but it is at least a workaround until uh, they they have a chance to fix their bugs. Um, so if you don't like it, don't call me. Call them. <laughs> to yeah. Ask the Maui team to fix their bugs. Uh, so, but you know, we 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 definitely have tried uh, where we can to to work around the Maui bugs and and still give people. A, uh, an experience that uh, that they can build a, a quality app with. So, yeah. Well, from what I've heard and experienced, the the switch to .NET seven was minor. So it, it wasn't for some people. It's just updating the the CS project file to to read .NET seven. And, mm-hmm. and but I'm, I'm sure you, you're using more features than normal people. So you're bound to fi- find something that they changed. But it's, yeah. it's, I think it's going to be easier than updating to .NET 6. Yeah, the, the biggest thing is uh, workloads were supposed to make things easier, and they have just been a complete disaster, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in, in part because they don't work like people think that they should work. So, um, you know, if, if I am on a specific version of uh, .NET, you know, like let's say that my CI build is set to .NET, you know, 6.200 or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're on, I, I, actually, I have no idea what they're actually on now. Is it 300 or 400? You know, but, you know, when they come out with that new version, uh, you would think that I would get the MAUI release from 200. And that's actually not how the workloads are working. So, you know, people have been surprised with things that have changed from one release to the next. And uh, they really... They need to reevaluate that so people can pin to a specific version, uh, like we do with everything else. Yeah, that's not possible. Okay, interesting. It, yeah, like NuGet packages, you can do that, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you're right. Everything else. <laughs> that's uh, developers love that. Yeah, I mean, I I can pin to a specific release of the .NET SDK. Why I can't pin to a specific version of a workload is beyond me. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And anything else f- for people interested, or, or uh, if if they want want to get started, oh, we we already talked about that. Yeah. Contributing, uh, your you mentioned that too. Yeah. Start with the yeah. docs, then. Yeah. It, it, it's it's all open source. Um, you know, we do love PRs. Uh, you know, Prism is just maintained by Brian Lagunas and myself. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it, it's a lot for us to handle. Uh, we definitely need help, and you can you can step into open source. Anybody can step into open source. You know, I didn't always do it. I didn't set out to be an open source maintainer. I just you know realized that there were certain things that you know I'm using regularly, and if I want to be able to continue using them, then it's going to be helpful for me to step up and kind of shape the direction that they're going. So, right. Um, you know, I, I always encourage developers to kind of have that kind of attitude to, to help out where they can. Yep. Okay, that's a good closing words. Thank you for all your work and, and all your contributions. Really appreciated by the community. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being my guest. This has been another episode of Dev Talk, and we'll see each other again next time. Bye. Bye.